That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Well, hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. I'm Brian Hyde and uh, we're going to be talking today about the enforcers of allowable opinion. I could subtitle this, what exactly do we have a legacy media for in the first place? But I want to talk a little bit about uh, about how the media is uh, is far from the uh, the institution whereby we can become better informed or uh, even forewarned about potential problems or conflicts or, or uh, people who might exploit us for various reasons. And and before I start into this, I, I just want to point out one of the most pathetic articles that I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even going to mention the reporter who so bravely talked about how um, after his uh, investigative reporting and and uh, falsely smearing certain legislators received some pushback and then started to, to posture about how this is so brave of me to stand up for our democracy and look at me, you know, picked on by these people who just will not be held accountable. Please spare us the waterworks. It's, it's, it's a pathetic thing. Look, credibility for the mainstream media has been falling for some time. And, and for, the, for the life of them, there are folks who just can't figure out why would that be? In fact, uh, I, I think this this meme probably explains it about as well as it can be. Where's the credibility of the mainstream media? It's dead. Why? Well, because the mainstream media was wrong about literally every major news story for the last three years. But what are the, what's their excuse? Well, it's right-wing um, disinformation. That's the reason nobody trusts the news anymore. Yeah, right. So uh, how, about, uh, how about we talk about why the media exists in the first place? And and why it's probably in your interest. In fact, I'm going to encourage you, do not trust the media. In fact, I'm, I'm telling you, don't even trust me. If you want to know what the truth is, you've got to be willing to do some digging yourself. And, and if you're not willing to do that, I'm sorry to be harsh, but you deserve to be misled. You deserve to be played like a sucker because that's exactly what you're doing. You're choosing to be played. If you trust whatever is being said. So Tucker Carlson recently, um, you know, he came into a lot of, uh, of spotlight and actually quite a bit of heat for sharing January 6th security tape from the U.S. Capitol. And, and it shot so many holes in the narrative of, well, these were dangerous insurrectionists that were, you know, doing everything they could to overturn, again, our democracy. And yet when you look at some of the, the video that he provided, it's like, wait a minute, that shaman, the guy with the buffalo hat and the, and the horns, being led through the Capitol by numerous police officers, peacefully led through the Capitol. Nobody was arresting him. Nobody's trying to stop him. Suddenly it starts to take on a little bit different flavor than the preferred narrative that we have been force fed for the last couple of years. And Tucker Carlson's taken a lot of heat for this. And, and he has come to the realization, which was hard for him because he grew up in the media. His dad was in the media. He's He was part of the media. He told the media line for the Iraq war, but he's come to the realization along the way that the media does not do us any favors. In fact, it doesn't exist to tell us the truth. This is what he says. Tucker Carlson says the media are not here to inform you. Even on the big things that really matter, like the economy and war and COVID, their job is not to inform you. They are working for the small group of people who actually run the world. They're the servants. They're the their praetorian guard. And we should treat them with maximum contempt because they have earned it. Now, I know there are those in media saying, hey, this isn't really fair. You know, I'm just trying to truthfully tell. The but, but they're not being truthful. And this is, this is the whole reason why I do this program twice a week 
is to point out the hypocrisy and point out the, the slant that creeps into so many different types of reporting. You know, that what the media exists to do is to keep us in line with what is allowed as far as opinion. Anything outside of that, well, you know, you're going to be tarred and feathered as some kind of an extremist. I think Tom Woods said it the best, though. He said, it is one of the purposes of media to cultivate a range of allowable opinion that is safe for the existing regime. That's a key. Because I want you to notice when, when we look at the, some of the stories we're going to be examining today, notice how many of those media takes are, are consistent with what's safe for the existing regime. But anything outside of that range is by definition extremist, bigoted, etc. In fact, Tom Woods says, if you think adults ought to be able to discuss important issues without being silenced by self-appointed experts who can't seem to get their own story straight, well, then you are the extremist. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? I mean, we hear it all the time, particularly here in the Idaho press. So if you want the truth, Tom says, you got to find it yourself. The educational establishment, by the way, plays the same role as the media. It keeps its audience confined to a pre-established range of ideas. Now, I understand there are good people within the school system. There are good people within the media. But it doesn't change the idea that uh, both systems, the media system as well as the educational system, are largely being used to uh, inculcate a particular mindset that will keep you enthrall to the people who are currently in power. And it doesn't matter if they're Republican. It doesn't matter if they're Democrat. You'll notice they have a lot of consensus. Uh, Idaho GOP tends to vote for the same kind of spend everybody's money projects that the Democrats do. Different sides of the same coin. They're all big into statism. They all think that government has the answers to all of life's problems. And the media dutifully does not present a point of view that would ever allow questioning of that. I'm going to give you a perfect example of what that looks like just a little bit later on. But let's take a look at a couple of different stories that illustrate how the media tries to, to portray things in such a way that it only benefits those currently in power and does nothing to protect your freedom or your ability to be autonomous, or for that matter, to have accountability from your government. Look at this uh, opinion headline from the Idaho Statesman. This is talking about, uh, I believe it was the Capital Clarity event uh, about a week ago. Here's what they mean by freedom, in quotation marks. Freedom event pr promotes bill to jail docs who use vaccines. Now, that sounds pretty extreme, doesn't it? And for people who don't read past the headlines, that's all you need to know to condemn the Idaho Freedom Foundation and their Capital Clarity event. Oh, look at that. They want to throw doctors in jail who use vaccine. Why, they're just a bunch of rabid anti-vaxxers, I'm sure. However, a person who carefully looks at the issue or actually listened to that uh, Capital Clarity or watched that Capital Clarity uh, meeting will understand that uh, the Idaho statesman is off the mark. Idaho Freedom Foundation says we noticed the statesman's attacking us for hosting Senator Nichols and Representative Boyle at Capitol Clarity last week. Here's where they missed the mark, though. Being leftist statist totalitarians, the staff at the statesman don't understand the, free, the meaning of free speech. Their idea of freedom seems to involve censorship of any ideas they find frightening or disagreeable. Okay, that's, that's a very good call out, by the way, and it's a perfect example of the, the statesman is trying to discourage people from even considering a point of view that runs contrary to what those in power would like people to think. Okay, they're enforcers of allowable opinion. Idaho Freedom Foundation further says the Idaho Freedom Foundation rated H307. This was the bill that they were talking about, which would have limited the application of certain mRNA vaccines. 
negatively, as a matter of fact. In fact, their policy experts said criminalizing their use in humans is an overly heavy-handed approach on the part of state government. Oh, so they actually opposed the legislation. Well, then why did they let these people speak? Why would they dare to do that? See, that's, that's how enforcers of allowable opinion would think. Well, here's the answer. The Idaho Freedom Foundation says, however, we believe that discussion and debate are imperative for the proper functioning of our republic. Oh, not our democracy, by the way. They got it right here. The Idaho Freedom Foundation is correct. Sorry for those reporters who say, oh, it's our democracy we're trying to protect. No, it's a republic. And the purpose of Capital Clarity is to invite conversations between voters and lawmakers. And that's exactly what happened last Thursday. The statesmen and their ilk have knee-jerk reactions against IFF, conservatism, and anything that goes against the official government narrative. After all, they see themselves as enforcers of that official narrative. But it begs this question, how often do they, the statesmen and its, its reporters and its editorial staff, how often do they think about the issues of the proper role of government, individual autonomy, and questioning authority? They don't. <laughs> At least not not if it's out of favor with, again, uh, those who are currently in power. So this one really left a mark, but I think it's absolutely true. It's entirely likely that you would find more ideological diversity within the Idaho Freedom Foundation office than you would in the statesman's. We will continue our mission to inform and educate the voters of this state so that they can keep our government accountable. Now, look, I have met with a number of members of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, and I don't know everybody. And frankly, I, I don't see people just marching in lockstep. They do have a common uh, common uh, ground on, on the idea of freedom and that it matters and that it's worth standing up and being misunderstood and called out and smeared and, and otherwise misrepresented. But they're still willing to do it. But I, I agree with that statement. You would find more ideological diversity within the Idaho Freedom Foundation's office than you're going to find in much of the media. For some reason, the media is only interested in what's allowable, what's advantageous to the current narrative of those in power. That's a very dangerous place to be. That that makes them simply propagandists and and just they're, they're there not to inform, but to keep people from seeing the truth, which to me seems a lot more wicked than, than even just outright lying to them. You understand what I mean when I say it's it's not just, you know, telling big, bold lies that anybody could figure out, oh, well, that's, you know, the moon's not made of cheese. It's, it's, telling things with such a slant that it keeps you from the truth. And this is why the responsibility falls on you and on me to, to figure things out for ourselves. That sounds impossible. Don't worry. You can. It's a skill that can be developed. And frankly, once you start to develop it, um, you find, first of all, there's a lot of stuff you really don't need to know about. Okay, There's a lot of fluff out there, and there's a lot of stuff that's intended to keep you scared or keep you angry. And that's how you're, you're held in thrall to uh, the news media. But once you lose that dependency for them to tell you, here's what's going on, here's what you should think, this is, what's, uh, this is what the correct attitude is to have about this story or that story, you find that you can start focusing on the things that actually matter to you. And if they matter enough, well, it's a sense that you're willing to do your homework and to, to learn to think like an expert and, and talk to people who can give you straight answers or at least flesh out your understanding of what's going on. This whole idea that, well, only experts uh, should should be allowed to, to comment on this thing or that thing. No. The last three years showed us that the experts were wrong on just about everything. And I'm specifically referring to a lot of the COVID stuff, the lockdowns, the vaccines, the masks. They were wrong. 
And yet we still have these these dead enders. They're like the Saddam Hussein supporters who hung on to the bitter end. You know, we can't do this. And maybe they fear that, you know, they, they're going to be, you know, legally liable or criminally liable for the kind of misinformation, legit misinformation that they, they shared. I don't know. Maybe it's just their pride. They can't admit, well, we were wrong, but they were. So don't trust experts. If there's been, if there's a single lesson to take away from the last three years, don't take anything an expert tells you at face value. And even, even if it's your doctor telling you, okay, you have this kind of cancer, get a second opinion. I mean, obviously some people are going to be looking out for you, but clearly the people who are trying to manage the flow of information, the ones who are screaming disinformation the loudest and think that voices need to be silenced to make sure that people don't encounter truth that they're just not ready for. They are not looking out for your best interest and don't ever let them try to convince you that they are. Okay, let's give you a couple more examples of of this this media towing of the line. Here we have Clark Corbin. The Idaho House just killed the Medicaid budget. (gasps) Killed it. A murder. Oh, my goodness. The Idaho legislature won't be able to adjourn for the year until it figures it out. Doesn't that just sound awful? Medicaid, something that helps so many people. How could they do such a terrible thing? Why, it's probably those extremists in there in the GOP that are, you know, just out there causing trouble and trying to make everybody suffer. Okay, maybe I'm reading a little bit more into it, but but the slant is pretty clear here. They just killed the Medicaid budget. What are we going to do about all these people who depend on those benefits? Well, let's get a little bit of perspective here. Here's Niklas Kleinworth from the Idaho Freedom Foundation pointing out the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare notes there are 151,000 people on Medicaid who are either ineligible or their status is unknown. So the budget killed in the House yesterday funded the inclusion of these people without any legal basis. Taxpayers simply shouldn't fund ineligibles on the rolls. And it's funny, I, I saw at least one commenter on Twitter absolutely flip out over this. Well, you let the health, Department of Health and Welfare handle this. We need that funding and, you know, they can they can determine who needs it or not. Nope. Sorry, Charlie. Take a step back and, and think about this. Members of the legislature actually raised their hand and swore an oath that they would represent the taxpayers. And as legislators, part of that representation is they have to create and and um, stick to budgets and approve budgets and approve uh, revenue bills to fund the operation of the government. And that includes things like Medicaid. It's not in their interest to allow 151 people whose status is either unknown or who are Ill- ineligible to remain on the rolls and then just, well, we'll sort it out somewhere down the road. And if it turns out that we you know, funded too much money, well, then we'll just, you know, put what's left back into the general fund. I mean, if you're going to do that, why don't they just hand a blank check to every single department and, and say, you guys, you know, you write that check for however much you think you'll need. No, this is taxpayer money. And, and at the risk of offending some people, I'm going to suggest it's sacred in the sense that it represents someone else's work, toil, sweat, labor, their ability to produce value, which is reflected in that income, which was then taxed away from them and now is being put to use. So, yeah, the legislatures, legislators rather have an absolute duty to make sure that that money is not being squandered. And if you can't tell if there's 151,000 people whose you know, status is questionable, maybe you should get that sorted out. So they did the right thing. And, yeah, they're going to have to – they'll probably end up cutting – I don't know. I think I saw somewhere in the neighborhood of um, it was tens of millions of dollars from that uh, that Medicaid expenditure. But that would be the right thing to do if, in fact, you can't confirm that these are people who are actually eligible and on the rolls. 
Okay, the idea here isn't, you know, we got to make the poor suffer. We got to grind their faces in it. It's about we've got to be careful with the taxpayers' money because it represents time and actually it represents the lives of people who worked to earn that money and have had it taxed away from them and want to see it spent responsibly and with complete transparency and accountability. Okay, Th- making it rain over the crowd, no matter how needy the crowd may look, is not a responsible way to do that. So, again, the media gives it a, a really, oh, they, they killed this bill and look at all the horrible things that they're doing to people. That's, that's one way to interpret it. But it's, it's also a pretty slanted way that tends to favor, well, you know, whatever the government wants to spend is, is legit. Because sometimes it isn't. By the way, I want to throw this one in. This one is not a, a spending bill, but uh, um, this, this was, oh, actually, this one is the spending bill. I, I still am just marveling. Some well-intentioned legislator, legislator decided, you know, what we need to do is start uh, giving free menstrual products to students. And look at this headline from the Idaho Statesman. Idaho Republicans reject, oh, this is in quotation marks, liberal policy for free menstrual products. Okay, so whoever's the uh, headline writer, free is the word that needed to be in quotation marks. There is no free lunch. There is no free menstrual product distribution program. It's paid for by the taxpayers. And look at the, look at this pleading subheadline. Currently, teachers and administrators are giving students tampons and pads at their own cost. Look, when did, when did we start outsourcing personal responsibility like this to the state? Okay, I grew up with two sisters. I have three daughters and a wife. I'm very familiar with the, you know, the need for these feminine hygiene products, but it's on us. It's, a, it's, it's our personal responsibility to provide for those things. And I, I know this is probably a legislator who's just trying to, well, I just want to you know, help people. You don't help people by giving them things that they should rightly be responsible for themselves. And it's so funny. Again, I just I look at the, the word liberal in quotation marks. Why? They think this is a liberal thing. No, socialist would have probably been a little more or collectivist would have been a more appropriate uh, word to use there. But the word that really needs to be in quotation marks is the word free. It's not free. And it's, it's unfair to put that on the taxpayers and say, now, taxpayers, you are responsible. Because the next step, you know the next step is, oh, by the way, we need to make these available in men's bathrooms as well or restrooms as well. It's just, it's the way that the woke are trying to take us. This is just one more, you know, nudge in that direction. Thankfully, you know, they, they shot it down and, and rightly so. All right. This is the one I was thinking about that, uh, again, this doesn't have to do so much with, with budgetary concerns, but um, there's been a lot of talk about H314. And I'm sorry, I don't know the current status of this. Uh, I had heard that, uh, that this, this is the, the bill about, uh, preventing the the transference of of obscene or questionable materials to to minors in school or public libraries and i i just love that they've gone back to the table the first bill was shot down you know by people who think no 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 we need to make sure that kids have access to this somehow if you don't agree with the idea of making porn and or just really sexually explicit material available to kids somehow you're a nazi book burner but, but that's in the fevered imaginations of a surprising number of Republican uh, legislators as well as, as their Democratic counterparts. So back to the table they went. And I love that uh, H314 actually had some very specific guidelines about what's inappropriate for children. What makes this very intelligent to me is part of the criteria is, does it include material that cannot be read in committee? Because there were people who were going to uh, testify before one of the committees who brought these books that were in question. And, and look, let's just be blunt. Usually these are books about either um, 
same-sex relations or gender-bending kind of stuff. They're very graphic. They, they want to teach kids all about the joys of anal sex and sex toys and questioning your own gender and so forth. And they're extremely graphic. I mean, they're, the, the, the pictures, the cartoons are out there for anybody who wants to see them. But nobody seems to be asking the question other than a few people who are saying, we shouldn't give this to kids. Why is this appropriate? Why would we think it's appropriate? And somebody showed up for this committee hearing saying, you know, I'd like to read to you. And the committee chair's like, you can't do that. Well, why not? Well, there might be children present. Hello? <laughs> so it would be inappropriate for them to hear this being read in a legislative committee meeting, but, uh, but it would be fine for us to go ahead and put that book in their hands and tell them, hey, go, uh, go knock yourself out. Learn everything you want to learn. So I, I love whoever came up with the idea of the question, does it include material that cannot be read in committee? Smack. <laughs> that one's going to leave a mark. All right. Here's another example. My thanks to uh, Wayne Hoffman for pointing this one out to me. Uh, University of Idaho to get a million dollars for security, counseling, and shuttles after homicides. Now, this, of course, is referring to uh, the quadruple murder that took place last year on the University of Idaho campus. Or was it just off the campus? I can't remember. But four U of I students were brutally killed. The, uh, sus the suspect has been... Uh, captured and, and arrested and charged and and it was a it was a gruesome murder look there's there's no doubt that the community is going to be feeling that uh, shock for quite some time but i want you to check out this article and, and again see how this is this is from the idaho statesman look at how they portray this about why that uh, that money that taxpayer money is so essential the university of idaho will receive one million dollars in state funds to cover costs related to the killings of four students in moscow last year Lawmakers approved the funding this month after Idaho Governor Brad Little recommended the $1 million transfer from the state's general fund. Now, the money is supposed to cover things like Idaho State Police Services, increased security, a shuttle service, counseling services, a vigil, media consulting, a security review, according to the budget request. All very noble things, but again, the crime is over. So you have to wonder, is how much of a difference is that going to make? It's, it's more like, well, here's some money to show how much we care. That's, that's really what it comes off like. Now, Senator Janie Ward-Engelking of Boise said they've spent more than the $1 million and are still incurring expenses because they've kept that counseling in place. They provided, they've still provided that additional security. It's something that doesn't go away in just a few months. Okay, I'll, I'll be the jerk and ask, why? Why are they still providing it? Why are they still providing the, the counseling? Why are they providing the, the security? Is there still a threat? Or is this just people, you know, that, uh, I don't know, are we training people into a condition of learned helplessness? So something bad happened in this town. And I just don't think I can go on unless I'm, I'm receiving counseling. Well, I think uh, a person who wants that should absolutely avail themselves of it at their expense. It's their choice. It, does, it doesn't need to be paid for by the taxpayers. Or perhaps there's some philanthropist out there who'd say, you know what, for anybody who's still struggling, I'd like to help you with that. I don't think it's fair to put that on the taxpayer's back because it becomes an entitlement. And I think that's that's probably where this is headed. The funding is separate from the million dollars that, led, that Little pledged to the investigation into the killings. Apparently that money, which did not need approval from the legislature, came from the governor's emergency fund. Now, here's the, here's the kicker. Okay, so you've, you've heard about the horrible things the counseling is, is helping to address and the security and, oh, yeah, we're just trying to keep these things going to make sure that people feel safe in their community again. A handful of conservative Republicans, including Senator Dan Foreman, who represents Moscow, 
opposed the additional funding for council or for security, counseling, and other expenses. Why? Come on, statesman. Why? Why did he oppose it? You could have included that in the story. You chose not to. Foreman did not immediately respond to a request for a comment during the following the Senate vote on Tuesday. Okay, that's sloppy on your part. You can say, well, we tried to reach out to him, but more often than not, these stories are written and you just don't care whether there's any, uh, you know, counterpoint or any, uh, any dissenting point of view that's being portrayed. This is keeping us within the boundaries of allowable opinion, which is that everybody needs counseling. Everybody needs security. We need our hands held. Somebody needs to pay for the milk and cookies that someone is going to bring us because something terrible happened in this community. So I'd like to know a little bit more about that. And if, if Senator Foreman was opposing this, I'm sure he said something on the record, but they didn't report it. They'll only tell us, well, he didn't respond to our request. He didn't give us a chance to twist his words. Why not use the words he actually gave in the hearing or the vote, you know, the, before the vote? Why? That seems very dishonest. And, and again, I just, I hold this up as an example of it's not so much about trying to help you better understand the situation, to see it from as many angles as possible, and then, you know, draw your own conclusions from an informed perspective. You are supposed to think this. We will not portray anything that detracts from, you know, the, the way we want you to think or a way that favors those who are currently in power. Governor Little, looking your direction. Doesn't seem to me that uh, you should be putting a lot of trust into a media that, that thinks that it is the enforcer of what's allowable and what isn't. Now, I'll give you one more example of something that you can do for yourself to, to blunt, you know, the effects of, of a media that thinks it needs to manage whatever it is that you see, just in case you see something you really can't handle. Um, one of their favorite targets here of late has been uh, Idaho's new attorney general, uh, Raul Labrador. And I'm actually pretty impressed with the guy. I don't know a lot about him, but uh, from what I have seen in the short time he has been in office, um, he has done some stand-up things that were consistent with limited government or the proper role of government and protecting people's freedom. And the criticism that he is receiving, actually the people who are criticizing him, both within the press and outside of the press, are the same kind of collectivists who are trying to force a whole lot of stuff on us that that really is not within the proper scope of government. So when I saw that uh, he will be the he will be uh featured in tomorrow's Capital Clarity uh, presentation. This is from noon to 1 p.m. at the Lincoln Auditorium in the Idaho Capitol. You can also watch it online at capitalclarity.com. But you can hear Attorney General Raul Labrador in his own words, not strained through the filter of the enforcers of allowable opinion. You'll also get updates on the 2023 legislative session from Fred Birnbaum and Ron Nate, both who have done both of whom have done marvelous jobs in helping uh, legislators understand some of the the nuances of the various policies that they've been considering. I'm still thinking back to, I think it was, uh, was it Ron who uh, basically told, uh, told a committee that uh, this, uh, the launch program is just crony capitalism. Oh, they did not like that. Officer, he, he's done. Get officer, get him out of here. And they, they wanted a cop to come and escort him away right away. They don't like to be called out on this. And, of course, when you have a media running interference for you and making sure that few people, if any, will ever question anything that you say, you maybe you start to feel a little bit cocky. You start feeling a little bit sure of yourself. Like, yeah, 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 we can we can do this because nobody's ever going to know. Yeah, we know. In fact, part of my job here is to uh, make sure that you know, and, and you don't have to agree with me, okay? I, I'm not going to pretend that, oh, yeah, I've got, I've got all the answers here. I clearly don't. 
But what I am encouraging you to do is take a closer look and decide for yourself. Do you really want someone to manage the narrative for you? Do you, do you see the bias and, and the steering of, of public thought and, and public opinion on the part of the, the mainstream media? They wonder why their credibility is failing and they don't understand. They've shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. Then they put on a peg leg and they continued shooting the peg leg because they just can't help themselves. I don't know if it's hubris. I don't know if it's just, you know, they, they've got a God complex and they just can't admit that they're wrong. But uh, you would be better off pulling the plug and doing your own homework than, than counting on them to tell you how things are going. Now, it's fun sometimes to check and see what they're saying. I like to do it just to see and, and realize that, yep, I'm better off not relying on these folks for, for any you know information that I really need to draw an informed conclusion. But the most important thing you can do is take responsibility for yourself and, and suss it out, figure it out, study it out. Yes, it takes time. None of us has enough time. But if you're serious about really understanding the world around you, you cannot outsource that. And you especially don't want to outsource it to a bunch of people who think that it is, it is their appointed role to tell you what's what. By the way, that includes me. Don't take my word for it. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide. Reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.